and welcome inside another edition of Bengals Barn. I am your host, Chris Bengal. Just kind of bear with me in a little bit today. I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, but I'm here to persevere, and we're going to touch on all the important hockey news with there's a lot happening around the league with uh, the season just about two weeks old now. Um, so we're going to get right into it with probably the biggest piece of news that happened earlier this week, and that was Colorado Avalanche captain Gabriel Landeskog is expected to miss 12 weeks after undergoing knee surgery. Uh, according to an announcement from the team, he had the surgery performed this past Tuesday, and you know Landeskog, he hadn't played at any point this season through the first two weeks. Um, he missed the entire duration of training camp and you know the the team had said he was going to miss time but hadn't really given too much of an update and then they just announced kind of out of nowhere that you know he had this surgery and you know he's going to be out this this 12 week time period now with that 12 week timetable um, a potential return would probably be around mid-january assuming no setbacks setbacks anything like that um, so you know we're almost into the you know into the all-star break at that point so he's missing half the season nearly which is obviously a huge deal for the avalanche they're going to have to rely on guys like Atori Lekkinen, Valerie Nishukin. uh the team also recently just scooped up uh Dryden Hunt formerly of the New York Rangers off of waivers so obviously you know there's a void to be filled there and you know Jared Bednauer had to kind of shuffle the lines and, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, kind of how, how that plays out in the coming weeks. Obviously they've, you know, played to this point in the season without him, but now knowing that they're not going to have him for the foreseeable future, you know, kind of might change those strategies. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see for sure. But um, with, Landeskog had knee issues last year um, during the regular season. Uh, his regular season was cut short last year. He had to have knee surgery in March, um, but he did return for the playoffs and had 11 goals, nine assists in 20 games during uh, the Avalanche's run to the Stanley Cup. So, you know, he was able to battle his way back and, you know, played well during that time. So there was no reason to think that Coming into this year, there was there was going to be anything you know that was going to hinder him. Um, you know, I'm not sure if this is something that just popped up recently. I would assume so that you know everything must have been you know kind of came out of nowhere. Otherwise, you would think Landeskog would have had any type of cleanup procedure or whatever needed to be done would have been performed, you know, during the summer. So, you know. Again, it's you know a tough pill to swallow for the Avalanche, who are the defending Stanley Cup champs, and to have this happen so early in the season is obviously not what you want, especially with you know they're already replacing the production of Nassim Kadri. Um, you know, the goaltending situation is going to be different this season with Darcy Kemper gone. So there's you know there's kind of a lot at play here. You know, it's kind of a tough pill to swallow for a team that um, just signed Landeskog to an eight-year extension just last summer. You know, he signed through the 2028-29 season. So hopefully getting 
this latest knee surgery is kind of the end of these knee issues for him. And, you know, hopefully they can get him back out on the ice, you know, later this season and, you know, kind of get back to what they do. And he's such a big part of what they do offensively. So, you know, they need him out on the ice and to not have their captain out there. I mean, that's, you know, that it's humongous. I mean, you know, like I said, already not having, you know, having to watch Kadri walk away in free agency. They just didn't have the cap space to re-sign him. Um, you know, just not having the depth that they had last year, you know, to absorb, you know, maybe a guy going down. You know, it's really going to be interesting to see if, you know, like a, a Lekkinen steps up. Guys like that, you know, these role players that have obviously Lekkinen had big moments throughout their Stanley Cup run last year, but you know, has never been like a star player per se, are they going to rise to the occasion? They're, they might have to be, you know, put up 30 goals this year and really be depended on as one of the top goal producers on this team because they're going to be playing in a top six role, which maybe they weren't necessarily accustomed to throughout the majority of their career because of the fact that Landis Gog is not there. So, it's definitely going to be a huge storyline um, through the first half of the season. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the Avalanche respond to this and what they end up doing um, if they're, you know, they shuffle the lineup at all, you know, throughout the next couple months. But this is definitely something everyone is going to be keeping an eye on for sure. And then on Thursday night, we had Yuri Slavkovsky, the number one pick in the 2022 draft just this past summer of the Montreal Canadiens, got his first NHL goal. Um, the uh, Montreal Canadiens taking on the Arizona Coyotes last night at the 817 mark of the second period. Um, Slavkovsky was able to get his first goal. Uh, you know, the Canadiens were able to keep the puck in due to Great, great job on the forecheck. Sykovsky was actually able to keep the puck in himself. Steps up, gets into the faceoff circle, and snipes a shot past Connor Ingram and gets his first goal. And you just see the utter jubilation on this kid's face. And he even said after the game, there was no better scenario than to do it at home at the Bell Center. And, you know... Over the years, it's obviously been well documented that, you know, that's one of the most raucous environments. It's one of those arenas, you know, it's almost like a bucket list thing. You know, if you're a hockey fan, you got to go see a game at the Bell Center, that kind of thing. So for him to do it in front of those fans here in, uh, was his fifth game, I believe, was, had to be really special. And, you know, it's really historic. I mean, he... Um, becomes the fourth youngest player in team history to score a goal. He does it at just 18 years old, 204 days old. Um, only Mario Tremblay in 1974. Um, Jaspari Kami also did it at 18 in 2018. And then Claude Lemieux also did it at 18 years old in 1983. Were the only ones that were younger. And... Sikoski also becomes the youngest Slovak-born player as he eclipsed Marian Gabryk by um, just a couple days to earn that record as well. So, you know, this was his first NHL point in any capacity. You know, obviously it took five games to get there. But, you know, 
getting this off his back is huge. Just getting it out of the way, you know, getting that first NHL goal, having that moment, which obviously it was an awesome moment. And again, just seeing how excited he was is that's really why we watch sports for cool moments like this. Just, you know, seeing how jubilant he was, um, you know, it's just was just awesome to see. And now he's got that out of the way. So, you know, maybe that takes some of the pressure off. And, you know, it's interesting because heading up, leading up to the 2022 draft, I mean, a lot of people had it, you know, kind of set in stone that Shane Wright was going number one. There was no doubt that he was going to Montreal. He was he was the guy that they were going to take. There was no doubt about it. But then in the, you know, final days, um, as the draft approached, you kind of heard that the Canadians were, you know, they had a couple guys at the top of their board and they weren't really, they weren't decided, they hadn't decided yet. So that was kind of when Slavkowski was, you thought that he was still in play and obviously he ends up being the pick and they get, you know, a big body forward, a guy that's going to get it into those gritty areas, a guy that's going to, you know, be physical and still is going to be able to score a ton of goals. As we saw last night, I mean, he's got a great shot. He just, you know, skates into the shot and just rips one. I mean, I get he's not facing, you know, um, Andre Vasilevsky or, you know, some top tier goalie, but at the same time, like, he, he has a cannon of a shot, and it's going to be the first of many goals that Slavkovsky gets at the NHL level. And, you know, it was it was really cool to see. Uh, obviously, Montreal cruises past the Coyotes last night, 6-2. to two. I mean, seven minutes in, they had, three, they had a 3 nothing lead. Um, Josh Anderson, Cole Caulfield, uh, Brandon Gallagher score goals to open it up, and then uh, Slavkowski gets um, what ended up being one of four, I believe it was, unassisted goals on the night uh, against the Coyotes, who were just, I mean, I I talked about it on uh, CBSSports.com with my storylines piece uh, before the season started, with the race for uh, the number one pick, and, you know, kind of who's going to have a chance to win, have the most ping pong balls for um, the number one pick and, you know, ultimately have the right to select Connor Bedard. But, I mean, who's going to be worse than the Coyotes? I just don't see any team that's going to be able to be worse than them. I mean, you know, we saw at the their opener against the Penguins. I mean, obviously the Penguins, you know um, – seven points out of the gate are one of the better teams that are going to be a playoff team. There's no doubt about it, but you know, before you even blink, they're up through the same thing. They're up three to nothing, you know, like six or seven minutes in same deal. Um, you know, their, their forward group is just, there's not much there. The goaltending is, you know, Vimelka can have his moments. Um, but you know, it's not, I don't think a star by any means. And, um, there's just not a lot of talent there, and I just don't see another team that's going to be as bad as they are. Um, it just got off on a little tangent there, but um, but anyway, so 
Slavkowski gets his first NHL goal. Just awesome moment for the kid. And, uh, you know, definitely the first of many. And um, I'm excited to see what he does this year and, you know, kind of how the rookie of the year race turns out. And, you know, if he's a factor in it at all. You know, he's got, like I said, he's got that monkey off his back now. Maybe, you know, he gets into the gets into the conversation now and kind of, you know, maybe he's able to break out and, you know, string some great games together. And, you know, we're only five games in. There's plenty of season left to be played. So, you know, we'll see, you know, kind of how that shakes out. But awesome moment in Montreal, no doubt about it. And finally, on Thursday, in something away from the ice... Uh, the NHL unveiled the Adidas Reverse Retro 2.0 jersey collection. Um, each team will be wearing an alternate jersey on a handful of occasions this season, and they they were pretty. Some of these were downright awesome. There's no doubt about it. Um, some have a very nostalgic feel to them. Um, if you know. If you get a chance, if you haven't seen them already, make sure you go check them out. Um, check out all the jerseys. Um, you know, if you uh, leave a review, let me know your favorites. Um, if you uh, follow me on Twitter, which um, I'll plug that, it's uh, C Bengal CBS, C B E N G E L CBS. Uh, follow me on Twitter, let me know. Um, which ones were your favorites, which ones, you know, did they miss the mark, maybe which ones you couldn't stand. Um, I'll say right off the bat, some of the ones that I liked, I like the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, that's more of, I think, a nostalgia thing, obviously, from the teams of the early 90s. Just harkens back to the days of Mario Lemieux and Yarmar Yager and those great teams. Um, so that's just a cool throwback logo and it's just, it just looks so good on a sweater. It's just, they're just going to look phenomenal. I think, um, Washington Capitals, I was also a big fan of with that Eagle again, just brings me back to the Olaf Kolzig, Peter Bondra days, um, you know, Sergey Gonchar, you know, those teams, were a lot of fun. Um, also like the Colorado Avalanche with, um, you know, just kind of went with a C, kind of combined the uh, Colorado State flag color scheme there. That was cool. Um, the LA Kings with the crown, always a classic. Um, I also liked the Pooh Bear with the Bruins. Uh, was also also pretty cool. And then the two New York teams I loved as well. Love the Rangers with the Statue of Liberty head. That is always one of my favorite kind of alternate jerseys. You know, I'm glad they're going to be bringing that back. And then finally, you can't beat the Gortons Fishermen. I don't care what anybody says. The New York Islanders bringing back the Fishermen. He's serving up fish sticks. I don't care what anybody says. I trust the Gortons Fishermen. I'll take them out of my freezer and put them in the oven any day. And I'm excited we're going to see them on the ice this season. It's going to be phenomenal. I can't, I cannot wait to see those jerseys on the ice. Um, they just, they're, they're going to look so sharp. Um, some of the ones that I wasn't a fan of, I'm um, actually just, just pulling up the photo to look at them now. 
Um, some of the ones that just weren't, that I feel like kind of missed the mark. Um, a lot of people raved about the Florida Panthers. I don't want to say I didn't like it, but it, I, I certainly didn't love it with the hockey stick, the palm tree with the sun, and it's just a powder blue. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't scream, doesn't scream Florida Panthers to me. I just, I, I'm just not a huge fan. Um, we also have <clears throat> teams that kind of missed the mark. I would say initially I liked the Tampa Bay lightning, but then the back and like the numbers is just so kind of strange. There's, there's kind of, it's almost like there's too much extra going on there. Um, the Seattle Kraken, obviously there wasn't much they could really do, but the, you know, the kind of zigzag like color scheme, uh, I didn't really care for, um, Philadelphia Flyers, again, they're, you know, with that logo, there's, you know, it's a classic logo, but there's not a ton you can do, but it's just like another road uniform almost. I'm not, you know, wasn't really thrilled with it. Um, and then two that I thought really, like, could have done so much more and didn't um, were the Carolina Hurricanes, just with the Canes uh, diagonal down the front of the sweater. And then Vegas also did just Vegas down the front of the sweater and a black sweater with um some red and gold trim i just feel like when the vegas golden knights you have such a great logo like despite being a newer team like the golden knights have a phenomenal logo and it's always been one of my favorites since they've came into the league and it almost just feels like lazy and a cop-out to just just say vegas like you know, if you want to have Vegas on the sleeve or whatever, like a little patch, that's fine. But I just feel like when you have a logo that can be that polarizing as that Golden Knight to not put that on, you know, kind of a alternate uniform, I just feel like is a missed opportunity for sure. Um, so, um, you know... The Toronto Maple Leafs, it's a cool sweater, it's a blue, but it, you know, nothing's really that different, so doesn't really move the needle that much for me. And then the Edmonton Oilers with the oil drop, I mean, it's fine, but it it's nothing crazy for me. I just, I didn't love it. So, um, again, um, if I had to pick my favorites, I'm probably going Islanders, Penguins, um, Capitals, those are probably the big three for me um, as far as the ones that I like the best for sure. So it's going to be cool. Uh, I believe these go on sale the next month. I think it's like November 15th. Um, I know hockey fans are going to be all over that. Uh, so it's definitely going to be definitely going to be awesome to um, see the teams wearing these throughout the season. I know I'd seen the Penguins had them for like, I think like six or seven games they had announced the specific games that they were earning them for um so it's gonna it's gonna be pretty cool to see these on the ice like i said and uh, i'm excited to uh excited just excited to get the flood and nostalgia with some of them and see you know maybe i change my mind maybe i see them on the ice and they you know Maybe they look a little better, and maybe I like some that I didn't initially, and vice versa. Maybe I, you know, like some a little less. But um, I'll do what we'll do here real quick is take a little 
quick look at the top of the NHL standings. I mean, it's obviously it's really early. It's two weeks in. It's hard to draw too much so far, but um, leading the league in points so far is the Vegas Golden Knights. They have eight points, uh, 4-1-0 record. They are the only team with eight points in the league. They've beaten the uh, Los Angeles Kings, the Seattle Kraken, uh, Winnipeg Jets, and Chicago Blackhawks with their only loss coming to the Calgary Flames, which is obviously, you know, nothing to turn your nose up at. Going to be one of the better teams this year for sure. Um, in a battle of backup goaltenders last night, the uh, Golden Knights beat the Jets, you know, Jack Eichel with a pair of goals. Just he's out of the gate looking strong. Three goals, two assists. Um, you know, we didn't really know what we were gonna get with the Golden Knights because obviously they were dealt a really bad hand with um with their goaltending situation. Uh Robin Lerner obviously gonna be out for the season with the hip surgery, will not play at all this year, postseason nothing. Um so hopefully he's back next season ready to go hopefully he can you know hopefully he's what he was pre-injury and can still be a dominant force in that for this team um but it's you know been the combination logan thompson for the most part but um eden hill got the start last night um gave up two goals was pretty solid and you know with doesn't hurt when your team gets up four to nothing right out of the gate in the first period. So they've, you know, the Golden Knights have looked phenomenal. So, you know, I'm interested to see if Eichel can is kind of resuming what he was pre-injury. You know, obviously last year he had the surgery, and you know, did he rush to come back? I mean, who knows? I mean, but he wasn't going to be at 100. percent He just wasn't. So. Now, you know, this year, hopefully we get him at 100% and he's back to being that elite playmaker that we know he can be that he was when he was with the Sabres pre-injury. Um, so we also have, um, with seven points, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, Dallas Stars, New York Rangers, and Boston Bruins. Um, the, the Penguins have probably been, have probably impressed me the most so far. They have just looked phenomenal. Um, just up and down that lineup, obviously, in the offseason, bringing everybody back, bring back Latang, um, Evgeny Malkin, Ricard Raquel, um, adding to the defensive core, Jan Ruda, Jeff Petri. Um, so, you know, kind of keeping, keeping that group intact. It's a very veteran-laden group. You know, it's one of the older teams in the league, but this is a group that's played together for so many years and has accomplished so much, and, you know, they just they look so good so far. And, you know, I just think that they're – if they can sustain this and really make a run – Make it make another run at a Stanley Cup. It's going to be um, something very impressive to watch. So I'm excited to see you know what they can do. Um, the Rangers have also been good. Um, you know, Artemi Panarin's on a tear so far. Uh, Mika Zibanejad's been good on the 
on their top power play unit. Igor Shesterkin still looking like the Vesna Trophy winner that we saw last year. And, you know, I feel like seeing the Bruins up here might be almost a little bit of a surprise because this is a team that doesn't have Brad Marchand for a good chunk to start off the year. Um, you know, that's that was definitely one of the bigger storylines to look at as we entered the season. Once he's able to come back from injury, um, that's going to be a huge jolt to this team. And obviously they haven't missed a beat so far. And if they can continue to stay towards the top of the standings in the East, I mean, this is going to be one of the more dangerous teams around, especially with a veteran group. You know, they get Krejci back. They re-sign Bergeron. Um, this is a team that's done it before, much like the Penguins. And, you know, also have a talented young goaltender in Jeremy Swayman, um, who's, you know, one of the more underrated netminders in the league. A guy that was really underrated, you know, not a first-round pick, not a guy that had a huge pet, you know, a really high pedigree, but is really blossomed into one of, one of you know, the top young goalies in the league. If this Bruins team can stay near the top, like I said, uh, the sky's the limit for what they can do, especially once uh, Brad Marshawn comes back. And then I think the biggest, the two biggest surprises, I'll say, which you can kind of intertwine together maybe, have to be the Philadelphia Flyers are 3-1. and one. I don't think anybody had that on their bingo card. I mean, three and one, six points out of the gate. They've beaten the Devils, the Canucks, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, okay, the Devils in the opener, you know, it's a young team. You know, a lot of has been made about coaching with Lindy Ruff, and I, you know, it's been up and down, but. If there's more down games, Lindy Ruff, I don't think, is the coach of this team past Christmas. And so that, you know, maybe wasn't a huge surprise to see the Flyers win that game. Um, but then they bat battled back in that one, also battled back from behind to beat the Vancouver Canucks, which, again, another younger team, but still a team with a solid goaltender in Thatcher Demko and has a nice core, so it's a solid win. But really, the biggest surprise was going on the road and beating the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't think anyone saw that coming, especially with the way the Lightning have started the season. Like, and entering Friday, entering today, the Lightning have two points. That's it. This is a team that's been to three consecutive Stanley Cups, won two of the last three Cups, and, you know, have been the class of the Eastern Conference the last couple of years. And, you know, the Flyers were able to get the job done. It seems like, you know, John Tortorello, the new head coach, his defensive system has definitely appeared to be working. You know, these younger players are buying in. You know, these... It's It's been... It's definitely been a big surprise. I, I mean, I went on record before the season, obviously, and said that I didn't think this Flyers team, I thought they were going to be one of the worst in the league. And don't get me wrong. We're four games in. I'm not, you know, 
I'm not going to say that John Tortorella has the Philadelphia Flyers going to the playoffs. Now, can they do that? I mean, anything's possible, I guess. But it lo- it does look like they're going to be a little bit little bit more competitive and scrappy than maybe we initially thought. And this is, you know, without Sean Couturier in the lineup. So, you know, it was just it was a huge surprise to see them be able to come back and beat the Lightning. I just I was very surprised to see that and you know, maybe this team does have a little more moxie than we initially thought. So, you know, again, it's it's very early. You can't draw much from the first first two weeks of the season. But, you know, it's fun to kind of see who has gotten off to that hot start and, you know, who has, you know, kind of underachieved in early going. So, for the final segment here on the podcast, um, last week I was out of town a little bit. I wasn't able to get on. Um and before the season two, um, I wanted to do my um, my predictions real quick for the season. Uh, they were also on CBSSports.com, but I wanted to make sure I um, talked about them on here as well, just so um, kind of hone them in. Um, so, in the my Stanley Cup pick was the is the New York Rangers beating the Edmonton Oilers. And in the Eastern Conference, I have the top three seeds in the Atlantic Division as the Toronto Maple Leafs, followed by the Tampa Bay Lightning, followed by the Florida Panthers. And in the Metropolitan Division, I have the New York Rangers, followed by the Carolina Hurricanes, followed by the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then the Eastern Conference wild cards, I have the Boston Bruins and the Ottawa Senators. Uh, first round matchups, I have Maple Leafs beating the Ottawa Senators, Panthers beating the Lightning, Rangers beating the Bruins, Hurricanes beating the Penguins. And then in the second round, I have the Maple Leafs beating the Panthers. And the Rangers beating the Hurricanes. So we have a New York Rangers, Toronto Maple Leafs, Eastern Conference Final. With obviously the New York Rangers getting to the Stanley Cup Final in that scenario. I just think, um, I think this is the year Toronto finally figures it out. I think, um, you know, if they get any type of adequate goaltending this team can go far I don't think there's any doubt about that and I just love what I saw from the Rangers last year and I just think they're ready to take that next step Um, I also do like the Carolina Hurricanes but I just think I don't know what you're going to get from Max Pacioretty dealing with the torn Achilles like is he going to be back at all this year I just don't know and even if he is I just don't know what he's going to be so I just, I don't think the Hurricanes are, I think they might be a year away as much as I did like the additions of Brett, Burn, Brett Burns and Pacioretty in the offseason. And as far as the West Central Division, I have uh, Colorado Avalanche in, in the top spot, 
followed by the Minnesota Wilds, followed by the St. Louis Blues, and in the Pacific Division, I have the Edmonton Oilers, followed by the Calgary Flames, followed by the Los Angeles Kings, and my wildcard teams are the Nashville Predators, followed by the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, first round, I had the Oilers over the Golden Knights, which obviously if the Golden Knights keep playing well, they're not going to be in that spot, but obviously it's why they call them preseason predictions. Um, Calgary Flames over the LA Kings, Avalanche over the Predators, and Minnesota Wild over the St. Louis Blues. And then in the second round, I have the Oilers over the Flames and the Avalanche over the Wild, which would pit the Oilers and the Avalanche in a rematch of last year's Western Conference Final and the Oilers getting the win in that series to move on to face the Rangers with the Rangers winning the Stanley Cup for the first time since 1994 when Mark Messier and company got the job done. Um, uh, my award picks real quick, uh, heart trophy, you might say a lot of people might say it's chalk, but Connor McDavid's the best player in the world. I just wasn't going anywhere else, especially after Austin Matthews won it last year. I just think, I just think McDavid's going to get it done this year. Uh, Norse trophy, Roman Yossi from the Predators. Um, he had a, you know, you could have made a case that. He could have won it last year um, over Kale McCarr, and I honestly think maybe he should have because he wasn't maybe as sexy of a pick. But, you know, if you look at the numbers, he was right there with McCarr and was better, really. Um, so I think he gets it done this time around. Uh, Vesna Trophy, I went with Jake Ottinger from the Dallas Stars. I just think he's primed for another huge season. The Stars are going to be one of the better teams in the West. And I just believe he's really going to break out even more than he already has. And with the Calder Trophy, I'm going with Matty Berniers from the Seattle Kraken. He kind of broke out at the end of last season, had a nice end to the to the campaign. And you know he's shown some flashes early on this year. I just... Really think he's going to be a huge force for the Kraken this year. And then the Jack Adams Award uh, for Coach of the Year. I'll go with Jay Woodcroft from the Edmonton Oilers. If they end up to the finals, I think, you know, his job will be, you know, kind of one of the reasons for that. And I think uh, he'll end up with that award. And then I just have three bold predictions. I won't go too much into them. Um, you you want to see them, you can find them uh, up at cbssports.com with all my reasoning why. But I'll go um, just list them here. Probably the biggest one um, that I feel like the way the season started out, maybe not as much of a surprise, but I feel like a lot of people maybe didn't think this was as much of a possibility. But I say the Tampa Bay Lightning will be eliminated in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, I just think this is, you know, one of the oldest teams in the league, and I just, I just think they don't have the depth they've had in the past, and they've just played a lot of games over the last couple of years. I just don't think that they're going to be able to do it again and make another deep run. Um, and then my last two are tied to 
The team that I really have hitched my wagon to this year, and that's the Ottawa Senators. I think they end their playoff drought. They've missed the playoffs um, five consecutive seasons, but I think that ends this year. You know, with the additions of uh, Alex DeBrinkett, Claude Giroux, uh, we saw the other night against um, the Boston Bruins. You know, they put seven goals up on the board. The biggest issue for them is probably going to be can they stop teams? Um, you know, if they can add maybe a defenseman at the deadline, I think this it could make a huge difference. And I think this can definitely be a playoff team. And then my final bowl prediction is just, um, you know, obviously anybody can say Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews can lead the NHL in goals. Uh, but I went with Alex DeBrinkett to lead the NHL in goals. Um, he had a career, tied a career high last year with 41, playing alongside Patrick Kane in Chicago, and, you know, playing with a nice playmaker in Giroux. Obviously, he's not Patrick Kane at this stage of his career, but still a very talented playmaker, I think. You know, Debrinkit definitely could have a big year, and you know, forty or fifty goals wouldn't be a big surprise. So, you know, those are all my predictions for the year. Um, and you know, obviously, we're only two weeks in. You know, already some of them. You know, maybe I'm second guessing. Um, I feel good about the Lightning. Obviously, the only one I'm maybe. Not sure about is the fact that the Golden Knights have gotten off to such a hot start and, you know, maybe they're not going to get bounced in the first round. They can make it certainly make a deep run. But again, will the goaltending hold up is going to be the biggest question for them. And that's kind of, you know, why I had them getting bounced in the first round. Um, but so that's going to do it for this edition of Bengals Barn. Uh, I'm going to try to get back uh, early next week and we'll uh, recap maybe some of the weekend action. I mean, we've got we've got the Battle of Florida tonight. We've got the Lightning and the Panthers. That's always a good one. Um, we've also got the Blues and the Oilers on Saturday afternoon. That's also a great one. Uh, Penguins will be in Columbus to take on the Blue Jackets. So Johnny Gaudreau facing the Penguins in an Eastern Conference matchup would be interesting. Uh, Hurricanes, Flames, and then a huge one in the West on Saturday night, 10 o'clock Eastern, uh, Avalanche of Golden Knights. That's one. That's going to be must-see TV for sure. Um, and then bringing it home on Sunday, uh, not not too much here. Uh, Blue Jackets and Rangers is somewhat interesting uh, at 5, but... Not too much happened in there, but um, some definitely some good matchups in the West this coming weekend. Uh, so we'll get into all that uh, next week, and we'll uh, we'll talk soon. And as always, this has been Bengals Barn. Thanks a lot, guys, for joining and hanging with me today and bearing with me in my uh, you know suffering voice here. But uh, with everything going on, I you know definitely wanted to definitely wanted to touch base and. Uh, talk about what's been going on early in the season so thanks for hanging with me and as always this has been Bengals Barn